Welcome and blessings to you all. The Torah portion for this week is Bo. Bo means, enter. Moshe and Aharon are told by God to ask Pharaoh how much longer will he not submit to God and not let his people go? I'd like to start out by talking about the judgment occurring on Egypt in this portion. In the portion for today, we see the continuation of Egypt's judgment. The nation became entrenched in murder and the mistreatment of Israel and this was practiced by some of the people and its leaders. The previous portion told us that Pharaoh became concerned about the Israelites. He conveyed his concerns to his leadership and they acted on a plan to unnecessarily subdue a people who were not a threat to them. They made Israel slaves and exploited them and killed them. Once in control, Pharaoh and his accomplices then benefited from their decision which made it difficult to stop their sinful process. The acceptance of sin can happen on an individual basis and then can subsequently, be accepted as the norm of a society as was the case with Egypt. This sinful process for Egypt began before Egypt started treating Israel the way it did by having sinful attitudes. It was a result of the people not following God's ways, doing wrong, and accepting wrong behaviors. In sinful societies, the general population often suffers the most. The leadership often protects itself from the worst consequences of the sin in that society. As was the case with Egypt, God can intervene to bring additional judgments on any society for the evil they do. For example, the German people accepted atheist leaders who did anything they pleased. They started several wars and caused tremendous suffering in Europe and these atheist leaders murdered and mistreated their own people. They murdered 11 million of their own people and that included 6 million Jews. Germany was completely destroyed and its economy was in ruins after World War II. I have seen video that shows the remarkable devastation which shows hardly a building still standing. Unfortunately, Europe is still an atheist society and it is only a matter of time before they destroy themselves again by sin unless they repent. That is what atheist societies do. They think they are gods and can do anything they want including murder. They actually get their good values from the Bible, but there is nothing to keep them from turning on those values for their own means much like Pharaoh did with Israel. In this portion, the Pharaoh continued bringing terrible judgments on Egypt because of his stubbornness and sinful attitude. The Pharaoh that knew Yosef years before seemed to have an understanding of the true God and doing what is right. How else could we understand why he allowed the believer Yosef to rule his country? The Bible explains why sometimes bad things happen to some countries. Leviticus 18 27-28 NKJV says, For all these abominations the men of the land have done, who were before you, and thus the land is defiled, lest the land vomit you out also when you defile it, as it vomited out the nations that were before you. This can refer to any nation that turns against God and His commandments. These scriptures are a warning to Israel to not follow sin and bring destruction on itself. Any country engaging in sinful practices can bring terrible consequences on its people. Often people quote scriptures about the goodness of God and say there are no consequences for sin. There are consequences for sin. For example, communist and socialist dictators executed over 100 million of their own people not that long ago in the 1900s. In contrast, when a people and their leaders do what is right, believe in God, and keep His commandments they bring blessings on their people. Israel's prophets gave warnings of impending doom for the failure to keep God's commandments. 
It was not intended to mean that the people of Israel were a terrible people, but to bring people back to God. God's prophets wanted the people to repent and that begins with each person and their attitude towards God. Some think that Israel was only judged as a people, but that is not true. God judges each person on their own merits and the same was true for Israel. Ezekiel 18 30-32 NKJV says. Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his ways, says the Lord God. Repent, and turn from all your transgressions, so that iniquity will not be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed, and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord God. Therefore turn and live. God judges each of us according to His ways to determine if we are worthy of eternal life and eternal reward. Sin often brings with it terrible consequences for the individual and can even destroy whole nations. Sadly, that is what is happening to Egypt in this portion and they are incurring additional punishment for their sin. This should be a warning to all nations who think they can get away with anything they want to. God has no pleasure in destruction, death, and sin it said in Ezekiel. Even though the country you live in may be evil, you can still keep God's commandments and bring God's goodness into your life and those around you. And you can receive eternal life from a good God. Why does God say that He must judge each of us? It should be obvious from Leviticus, those who promote evil and do not follow God's commandments bring destruction on their lives and on society. Those who follow the commandments of a loving and all-knowing God that has our best interests at heart bring goodness into our communities and to society. Deuteronomy 6:24 NKJV says, And the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our good always. We are to have a deep respect for the true God. And keep His commandments, God has good intentions for us. God is an all-knowing judge and there is nothing hid to God. People may think they are getting away with their hurtful sin-filled lifestyles, but they are not. Those who do not do what is right, the unrighteous, will not be in God's future kingdom, they will be sent to the lake of fire. 1 Corinthians 6 9-10 NKJV says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Revelation 21 8 NKJV says, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. God must be just and those who live a life of sin will not get away with what they are doing. Sin brings pain and suffering into this world. Those who bring pain and evil into the world through sin will be judged by an all-knowing God. Believers who do what the Bible says and keep God's commandments will be in God's future kingdom with streets of gold. I am not exaggerating. It says about Jerusalem in the future kingdom in Revelation 21-21 NKJV and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. The believers in Egypt who died because of the evil Pharaoh will be in God's future kingdom. The Pharaoh will be in the lake of fire. Does this make sense?
It is time to take some serious thought. As we read in Ezekiel, God does not like suffering, death, and sin. We read that God has good intentions for mankind, so why are people so deluded? It was their choice. Instead, you have the choice to do what is right. God is more than happy to exonerate you for your sins because He is merciful and forgiving. We are to confess our sins to God and commit to living how God wants us to live and follow God's commandments. Exodus 34 6-7 NKJV says, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. In this era, the Messiah Yeshua made amends for our sin. See 1 John 1 6-9. Enjoy your relationship with God. Psalms 118-24 NKJV This is the day the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Every day gives us the opportunity to live with joy and be at peace. Psalm 16 7-9 NKJV says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel, my heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me, because He is at my right hand I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices, my flesh also will rest in hope. We have so much to be thankful for because we have God's counsel, His good commandments. We thank you Jehovah for your goodness to us. We are so filled with joy, we have such great hope through you, Jehovah. On Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Jehovah, a holy day, and a day of rest, Nehemiah taught the people God's commandments. Nehemiah 8:10-12 NKJV says. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy, do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words that were declared to them. We can choose to either live in sin or to do what is right and good. Do not get involved with the darkness and destruction of this world. Isaiah 1 16-19 NKJV says. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now, and let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Do not live in sin and do evil. Learn God's commandments and do what is good. Do those things that God's commandments teach us. God will forgive you and He can bring blessings on your life. Here is more to consider. Keep focused on doing what is right. Those around us may choose to do things their own way. Remain faithful in spite of what's going on around you. Things can change fast in societies and not always for the better. I remember Yugoslavia having the Olympics there, their country looked like it was doing so well. It was not long after those Olympics that their country fell apart. Psalms 2 1 NKJV says, Why do the nations rage, 
and the people plot a vain thing. Mankind apart from God comes up with its own ideas and it is sometimes to their ruin. In the end, God will rule and not these people who bring so much pain into our world, they will be a laughingstock, derision, to God. The context in Psalms 2-4 NKJV says, He who sits in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall hold them in derision. These people who plotted and pursued their false ideals will come to nothing. God is in charge and not them. Alexander the Great was not so great. He conquered nations and died young. Things may change around you but keep your focus on doing what is right. This world is in a state of flux, it is not the world that God intended. People come up with ideas and plans to enforce their ideals instead of doing what is right and good, Deuteronomy 6:18. instead of following God's commandments. They don't like believers in the true God because we may get in the way of their evil. Some scientists even deliberately lie about their science in order to support their ungodly lifestyle. I heard about a biologist in Germany that did that. They used a pig's tooth for a human tooth to support evolution in a trial once. We end up being foreigners to this world, yet we live in this world. And thank goodness we can choose to be foreigners to this world. Exodus 19 5-6 NKJV says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. We are God's people who are a special people and do not belong to evil dictators or the ideas, ideals, and plans of the those bereft of truth. Kepha said in 1 Peter 2:11 NKJV, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Those who do not teach about the true God may promise you the world, but they are lying. Their plans will come to nothing in the end. Will you follow God or follow them? Spiritual riches are far better than worldly riches. Proverbs 16:16-17 NKJV says, How much better to get wisdom than gold? And to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil, he who keeps his way preserves his soul. We need to keep or guard our way for a good life. When it talks about wisdom and understanding, it is talking about God's commandments. Deuteronomy 4 6 NKJV says about God's commands, Therefore be careful to observe them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes, and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. It makes no sense that God's wisdom should be done away with as some say. You can have God's wisdom. Those who live out their own ideas of life pretend to be God. It's set in Proverbs to keep our way. So, put yourselves in the position to remain faithful. Be holy and good in spite of those who want otherwise. There are actually people who are filled with joy that you would go along with their sinful and evil acts. The Hebrew James 2 9-10 says, Prove the Torah to yourself by hearing and doing. For he who will keep, guard and protect the whole Torah and will pass over one of the commandments, he is guilty of all of them. Yaakov, his real name, is merely making the point that we are not to make exceptions to God's commands. The Hebrew James reflects a more genuine perspective. The Hebrew translation comes from the epistle of James, Yaakov, a translation from the Hebrew, by Dr. Miles Jones, page 27. 
the early believers spoke and wrote in Hebrew, we know this because archaeology has found the Jewish records of Yeshua's time written in Hebrew. Unfortunately, some people deny this fact. Yeshua was Jewish and so were all his disciples and the early believers. The Hebrew James reflects a perspective we would expect. Jew-hating heretics obviously changed the Greek text to disassociate the pagan Roman-slash-Greek church from its true Jewish roots. That is why we see obvious changes in perspective in the Greek heretic-influenced text. Just be aware of that when reading from the Greek translation, don't throw out your Bibles. Shaul said in Romans 3:31 NKJV that the Torah, law, is not done away, do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. We must then interpret the Bible with this in mind instead of the pagan belief system that was passed down to us from the Greco-Roman Empire. God chose a Jewish Messiah and not a pagan Roman-slash-Greek Messiah. Also, watch out for the followers of these heretics that insist on their false Greco-Roman belief system. The background of Israel was Jewish. I think you get the gist of what I am talking about. People make up a false belief system and do not keep God's commandments and feasts. There are many who are worldly instead of living in the blessings and goodness that comes from living God's ways. Don't follow these worldly betrayers of humanity and teachers of evil, follow God. Respect and fear the Creator and not these traitors of what is right and good, they are not God. It is clear even from the Greek text that we are to keep the Torah. 1 John 3 4, 6, 7 and 8 NKJV says. Verse 4 says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Verse 6 says, Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Then in verse 7 it says, Little children, let no one deceive you. Finally, in verse 8 it says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. We know the law refers to the Torah and lawlessness refers to not keeping the Torah. So, sin is not keeping the Torah and those who live in sin are of the devil and do not know Yeshua. Sha'ul says in Romans 1:20 that there are things that are clearly seen. It is clear, we are to keep the Torah. So even the Greek tells us to keep the Torah. Sha'ul tells us plainly that the Torah has not been done away. Again, Romans 3:31 NKJV says, Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. In conclusion Proverbs 2:1-9 NKJV says, My son, if you receive my words, and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom, and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment, and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver, and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from His mouth come knowledge and understanding, He stores up sound wisdom for the upright, He is a shield to those who walk uprightly, He guards the paths of justice, and preserves the way of His saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity in every good path. Don't you want wisdom and understanding? God gave us His commandments so we could have a better life. We all want what is right, just, and good. Why not own up to God's way of doing things? He is God, we are not. Now begins our Torah study. The Torah portion for this week is Bo. 
Bo means, enter. Moshe and Aharon are told by God to ask Pharaoh how much longer will he not submit to God and not let his people go? If someone said to me, how much longer will you not submit to God, it would sure get my attention. How about you? Will you submit to God or will you keep doing things your own way? At one time, I posed a question to someone. Did Yeshua really get rid of the law? Yeshua said, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets, Matthew 5:17 NKJV. The fact that he had to say that speaks volumes prophetically. Many of these people were committed to keeping God's commandments, so in a way, Yeshua didn't need to say that. Perhaps Yeshua meant that for people who needed to hear that. People reverse what Yeshua said. If someone told you that they believed in God, would you go around telling people that they didn't? That is the logic somehow people use to reverse what Yeshua said. Kepha said, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. 2 Peter 3 15-16 NKJV. What are they untaught in? There was no New Testament at the time. What kind of destruction do you think he is talking about? The unbelieving rabbis also change God's words. For example, the ancient rabbis considered Isaiah 53 to be about the Messiah. Even Abraham and Isaac on Mount Moriah is a an obvious symbol of the Messiah providing a sacrifice for us but they reversed the scriptures in order to manipulate them. God provided a sacrifice on Mr. Moriah instead of Isaac. Some rabbis say Isaiah 53 is about Israel. Some reframe the entire Old Testament portion without Israel being part of it, but the entire Old Testament is mostly about Israel. It seems people have gone overboard with misinterpretations. We read about the amazing power of God in these portions and about Israel being set free so they could be free to keep God's commandments and serve God. In this era, we also have the opportunity to follow God if we so choose. The Egyptians and Pharaoh were trusting in their false gods, the river God, the frog God etc. God brings the last three plagues on the Egyptians, locusts, darkness for three days, and death of the firstborn. In order for Israel to avoid their firstborn dying, they had to take a lamb or goat, kill it, put its blood on the lintel and door posts, and roast it and eat it. From then on, they were to remember Passover every year on the 14th of Nisan at twilight and eat unleavened bread for seven days. Before we get to that, in this portion, God made locusts to cover the land and Pharaoh's servants told Pharaoh that he should let Israel go. Pharaoh briefly considers letting Israel go but he relented and didn't let them go. Then God told Moshe to raise his hand toward the sky and there was darkness over the land for three days. It says in John 3:19 that mankind has preferred darkness and sin. There was light in the homes of the Israelites though. Isn't that amazing? That's where the light was, it was with and in the believing community. Then Pharaoh said they could go, but they had to leave their flocks. Moshe said they needed them and Pharaoh changed his mind and told Moshe that they couldn't go and if he saw Moshe's face again, he would die. Next is the death of the firstborn. It is then that Pharaoh lets Israel leave Egypt. 
the Israelites were to ask for their neighbor's gold and silver and it says the people were favorably disposed toward Israel and considered Moshe a great man. Israel was to begin their year on the month of Nisan every year and on the tenth of the month they were to select a lamb without defect in its first year. They were to kill it at dusk on the fourteenth of Nisan and observe Passover, Passover, from the evening of the fourteenth to the evening of the twenty-first and also eat no kamitz, leavened bread. In order to keep God's feasts appropriately, we need to know the Jewish calendar and when the Jewish months begin. The real first day of Jewish months is the reappearance of the moon. The calendars of Israel are set calendars much like the pagan Gregorian calendar. Although they show Jewish months, they are often show God's feasts on the wrong day because of this. The Gregorian calendar is a pagan-oriented calendar. It does not help us to know when to observe God's feasts. Exodus 12:24 NKJV says, And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. The word observe means to keep or guard, it is the Hebrew word Shah March we are to guard the Passover and God's feasts. They are God's Moadim, Genesis 1:14, God's times. In Leviticus 23:1, Moadim refers to God's feasts. So Moadim in Genesis refers to God's feasts. The stars and moon were created in the sky for signs and so we could observe God's feasts. Shaul says we are to keep the Passover, therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. 1 Corinthians 5 8 NKJV. Shaul expects believers to be keeping the Passover and God's feasts, they were for believers in the past and are still relevant for believers. On the first and last days, they were to have a holy assembly and they were to not work except to prepare food. There is typically a holy assembly for a Passover meal. Exodus 12:16 NKJV says, No manner of work shall be done on them, but that which everyone must eat that only may be prepared by you. It is okay to prepare food for our families on Shabbat but we shouldn't do any cumbersome laborious celebrations on Shabbat, that would be work. Don't make unnecessary work for yourself on Shabbat. They were to explain to their children that God spared their houses from the death of the firstborn. They observed what Moshe told them to do and they were to put the lamb or goat's blood on the doorposts and lintels. They were to roast it and eat it in a hurry with matzah. The blood on their homes was to mark the houses that God passes over and their firstborn would not die. That's why it is called the Passover. The Jews see salvation occurring on Passover. Yeshua whose name means salvation, gave himself on Passover some 1,447 years later after the first Passover for our salvation as well. Recent research places Israel leaving Egypt in 1447 BC and not 1,305 or 1285 BC. In the middle of the night, God allows the destroyer to kill all the firstborn of Egypt. The ancients considered the firstborn to be important. We see the believing line following true believers who followed God and not necessarily the firstborn. Being the firstborn doesn't make a person a believer. God plays no favorites the Bible says, believing and behaving like we believe pleases God. Pharaoh tells Moshe, Aharon, and the people of Israel to leave along with their herds. The people of Egypt gave the Israelites silver and gold jewelry and clothing and gave them whatever they requested. Israel went up from Ramses to Sukkot with 600,000 men. 
It was a mixed crowd and they baked matzah from the dough they brought from Egypt. A mixed group refers to people from Egypt and other nations who joined Israel in faith as they left Egypt. The mixed group, see Exodus 12:38, was perhaps about 2 million people when women and children are included. They left so they could be set free from the sinful idolatry of the Egyptians and serve God. God dealt with the idols of Egypt the Bible says in Exodus 12:12. 12, 12. They spent 430 years in Canaan and Egypt, 215 years in Canaan and 215 years in Egypt, some say it is 210 and 220. It was 430 years to the day that they began their journey back to Canaan. God was giving them the land of Canaan because of the terrible sin in that land, the pagans even sacrificed their children to the pagan gods. We should note that believers in Messiah are also a mixed group. It seems the giving of the Holy Spirit returned the Jews to their own roots where all who accept the true God can be part of the believing community. A mixed group of Jews and Gentiles left Egypt and the Gentiles were assimilated into Israel. It had to be both Jews and Egyptians because of the number of people who left Egypt. It would have been impossible for the Jews to have had that many offspring in only 215 years. Also, the Bible tells us Caleb was not Jewish but was assimilated into the tribe of Judah. His genealogy is in the Bible. Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kensite, Numbers 32-12 NKJV. He became Jewish and he represented Judah as one of the twelve spies. The rabbis say mixed group means it was people who had different jobs. This obviously is not true. The rabbis also say Caleb was Jewish. This is obviously only true in the sense that he became Jewish. If people don't like what the Bible says, they change what it is saying or means. When we change God's Word, we don't have God's Word anymore. The believers in Messiah too are a mixed group of Jews and Gentiles who are set free from sin by the Messiah. We should remember that it is through God's hand and sacrifice we become heirs of salvation through Yeshua. Just as Israel was set free from sin to serve God, we are also set free to live for Yehovah. Yeshua's sacrificial act of humility resulted in God giving the Holy Spirit so that the power of God would work in us through the Holy Spirit and help us live right. The Passover meal foreshadows the time when the Messiah Yeshua gave up His life sacrificially for us so that we can be forgiven of our sins, live by the power of God, and obtain eternal life through the help of the Messiah. Yeshua is referred to as God's Lamb by Yochanan the Immerser. The Jews back then clearly understood that the Messiah was to die for our sins as it says in Isaiah 53 about the Messiah. Israel had lived in Canaan and Egypt for 430 years to the day. No foreigner was to eat the Passover lamb, but a circumcised servant could or a circumcised foreigner that lived in the land could. In John 1:29 CJB, it says that Yochanan identified Yeshua as our deliverer, as God's lamb. The next day, Yochanan saw Yeshua coming toward him and said, Look! God's Lamb! They also were not to break any bones of the Passover Lamb. That is also a fulfillment of prophecy about our righteous Messiah Yeshua, see Psalm 34 19-20. The soldiers pierced Yeshua instead of breaking his bones. John 19 33-34 NKJV says, They did not break his legs but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. Zechariah 12, 
10 NKJV is a prophecy about Yeshua being pierced, it says, And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son, and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. Yeshua was from the line of David. The Greek manuscripts do not show Yeshua being from the line of David. Some of the Hebrew manuscripts of Matthew 1 put Yeshua in the line of David. Often, the Greek manuscripts were corrected by the Hebrew manuscripts. For example, the story about the woman caught in adultery was not in the Greek manuscripts for hundreds of years, but was finally put in John 8 because it was in the Hebrew manuscripts. But not everything in the Greek manuscripts got corrected. Words in the Greek scriptures were changed to disassociate the Bible from its Jewishness or to even persecute the Jews. Yeshua was Jewish and so were all the early believers. We now have lots of Hebrew manuscripts of the New Testament portion. The reason there are more Greek manuscripts is because the Roman Empire secretly stole the early faith and made it illegal to have the Hebrew scriptures. They killed the early believers and burned the Hebrew manuscripts wherever they found them. Their Greek manuscripts were intended to change the scriptures in order to disassociate the scriptures from their Jewish context by changing the meaning of some scriptures and commanding the people not to keep God's feasts. There are still people today who wrongly oppose the Hebrew New Testament manuscripts. They are those who follow in the footsteps of those who killed the early believers and burned the Hebrew scriptures of the New Testament. Because of this, when you tell people about the Hebrew Scriptures of the New Testament make sure you qualify that by including the murder and persecution of the early believers, the replacement of true doctrine by the Roman Empire, and the burning of the Hebrew New Testament Scriptures that took place. There are still people today who oppose the Hebrew origins of the Bible. When Israel gets to their land, they were to set aside the firstborn men and animals and redeem the men they could also redeem a donkey with a lamb. It would be a sign on their hand and frontlets between their eyes that God brought them out of Egypt with a mighty hand. This reference to a sign on their hands and frontlets between their eyes was never meant to be physically done as some say, by using a tefillin. That was a something they were to do mentally. A phylactery or tefillin was not worn in Judaism until the 1st century AD. The Haftorah for Bo is Jeremiah 46 13-28. This portion begins by saying that Egypt will be destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. Babylon are more than locusts it says obviously referring to one of the ten plagues. Egypt will be handed over to Babylon. Israel also would have to suffer for their sin, but God promised to return Israel from their exile in Babylon. We see a God in this portion who wants us to do what is right and He wants to restore His people. We see in the New Testament portion that God provides a way through the Messiah to also restore us to Him. In addition to God's commandments, we need the Messiah and the gift of the Holy Spirit to help us. Yeshua gave us the Torah and He gave us another Helper, the Holy Spirit. John 14 15-17 NKJV, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever the Spirit of Truth. The following are commandments, implied commandments, permissions, and other concepts. We can also understand commandments are being implied from other scriptures in the Bible. There are other possible concepts than what is shared here. 
Moshe and Aharon were obedient to God's revelation. We too need to be obedient to what God tells us to do. The actual first Jewish month is the month of Nisan and not Tishri. See Exodus 12 2. We are allowed to prepare food on God's days of rest. See Exodus 12:16. The feast of Passover is to be kept along with the feast of unleavened bread. The 14th at dusk just before the 15th of Nisan begins the Passover ritual. Remember, in God's reckoning, the day begins in the evening. It says in Genesis 1:5, evening and the morning were the first day. The Passover meal extends into the 15th of Nisan which begins the Feast of Unleavened Bread and is a day of rest and so is the 7th day, the 21st of Nisan. We are not to eat any leavened bread during this time. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is also referred to as the 1st through the 7th day of Passover by some. No foreigner or uncircumcised person is allowed to eat the Passover meal that begins on the 14th of Nisan. There is an exception to this. Adults who become believers do not have to be circumcised because of the danger involved with circumcision. The Torah teaches that we are to protect life and that supersedes other commands, see Deuteronomy 22-4 or Luke 14-5. No bones were to be broken and no meat is to be removed from the house. See Exodus 12 14-20, 43-49, 13-6-10. The firstborn of both man and animal is to be consecrated to God. See Exodus 13 1, 12-16. This concludes our teaching for today.